Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, guys, welcome in. Let's get it started. It is late, super late. What time did that game tip off, guys? Well, like probably four hours ago. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I swear that third quarter is the longest friggin' thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Free throws. You had the oh, Rockets wow. going late. It was a bad combo, but they're coming home finally. We're done with this. Coming oh, home. Is that going to change everything, Bobby? Because that was going <laughs> to. No, I'm just talking about our sleep. Oh, true. For selfish reasons. Yeah, that's a good point. No more 10 o'clock starts, at least, at least for now. Yeah. So um, we'll wait for people to jump in. And again, thanks for joining us uh, late. Definitely. Um, we appreciate you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Joe Sway, check your mic a little bit. A little hot. A little hot. Booming in my ear. <laughs> little overmodulated. This works at 11, not 12.50. Yeah. So <laughs> back it up a little bit. Um, and um, all right, let's get into it. I mean, we were talking offline before we jumped in live here for everybody. Uh, that this um, this felt like a game the Celtics were never going to win. Uh, why is that the case? Uh, let's do uh, Brad stinks. Kemba's destroyed. Uh, let, the whole team's not a title contender. We can do that whole thing tonight. But this is a really good Jazz team. I mean, there's a reason this team's the best team in the NBA. Uh, their shooting emerged in that second half. And Donovan Mitchell, who I try to tell you guys, is every bit as good as Jalen Brown, if not better. And he showed he's better tonight. Uh, the way he can carry that team on his back and hit those long-range shots, get into the lane, finish, all that stuff. Uh, he is just as professional a scorer as you have in this game. And then uh, they dismantled that Celtics front court too. Whether it was Tristan Thompson getting left out on screens there, and I, I don't even, I don't even blame him for some of those switches he got burnt in. Those are just impossible to cover. Uh, Tice fouled his head off into the final minutes. And then finally, Mitchell just planted Grant on a switch into the Jazz logo on that final three. So uh, everybody <laughs> everybody took their beating in this one. Tatum was getting frustrated with the refs. And Brown, at least, was looking good in his return. So they just got overwhelmed defensively. They had every basket, uh, every offensive move to match the Jazz late into the game and pull within four a couple times. But they'd give it right up the other way. And against a team with this much spacing, this much playmaking, a rolling threat like Gobert. I mean, they, yeah. they're they so good at defense. They're so good at offense. This team's legit. Like, I don't – they might have some limitations in the playoffs that you have to guess against the Clippers and Lakers and other contenders out there, but they are every bit as good as those teams. Yeah, no question, Bobby. And I was hoping that we would at least start with that. So it's it's a good good place to start. Let's just say how good this Utah Jazz team is. And then, of course, the Celtics, to me, throughout that third quarter and going into the fourth, I was surprised it wasn't a blowout at that point. I mean, they really kept kept themselves uh, – they kept the composure on defense, which I think was most impressive 
but they they just can never get over the hump, you know, in that fourth quarter specifically. I, you look at the Utah Jazz when they came out strong. That's when the Celtics started getting, I don't know if you want to call it lazy, or I think the better word is tired, it seemed like. It, they were late on switches, lazy fouls. You get into the penalty early, and that's how the Utah Jazz you know, they, they already kept the Celtics at bay, but then that's what really created the distance for them. And, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert, obviously in the middle. Royce O'Neal is another defender that's underrated, I feel like. Uh, you know, Celtics fans may, may oh, have they he, didn't know before. He made it tough on Tatum. He did. Right. And, and if Celtics fans didn't know before, I mean, now you know. I mean, that, that, that okay. Utah team – they can defend on another level, especially when it matters most. You know, you saw the their last postseason run. I mean, this team's equipped. This team is they, – they have the experience. And I think, uh, you know, from a positive standpoint from, from the Celtics side of things, you have to look at how they were able to keep themselves in this one. But, of course, the glaring uh, starter here is, of course, Kemba Walker as he, he – yeah. Just when Celtics Twitter was hip to the fact that he hadn't uh, uh, dropped a layup since he came back, pretty much, uh, that's when he finally converted his layup, and that was the last one he converted. That's I mean, what we're saying. He's just yeah. He, so Josue, again, check the mic. You're a little hot. You're coming in a little hot here. Am I still too? Yeah, you're saying I'm too loud. Is that what you mean? Uh, it's it's a little hot and overmodulated. So I don't know if the, the gain is turned way up on your end, but I mean. Uh. We're trying to avoid getting into it because, again, this is where we get confused. Not confused, but this is where, you know, the reason we confused. Not confused, but the reason the game <laughs> was lost is not entirely because Kemba Walker was brutal again. But the headline of this game is Kemba Walker was brutal again. And this is the – if you're looking at, okay, wins and losses are going to come and you're not going to overreact to every time that a team – that they don't play well – well, one, you can because they've lost eight of their last 12 now, so it's getting a little bit concerning. Uh, two, the defense, as you mentioned, was bad. But again, the headline is and continues to be Kemba looks terrible. I mean, terrible bordering on liability at this point. And I know everyone's inclination is to continue to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's Kemba Walker. Well, John, and why terrible? Are you saying mechanic, like mechanically the way he's moving or just in general? He's useless. At this point, oh, I disagree with he's that. A scorer who can't score. He's rusty. There's a difference, John. I, I I know that, but we're ten. Look, Rust is fine. Ten games in, we're talking about like he's had three of the worst shooting performances of his career in the last four or five games. Okay, and it could be a slump, and it could turn around. And if the ball starts going in the bucket, nobody's going to make an issue of it. But the ball's not going in the bucket, and as we mentioned, he can't. He's really only able to hit from range at this point, and he's off, and he's missing open looks too. So right now, he's a mess. It doesn't mean he's going to be this way forever, but he is a mess right now. Uh, and it's that's the worrisome thing is – and again, I, I think people, again, confuse the – you can be worried now because you just want to see him return to form, and when he does, it wasn't an overreaction to be worried. You're just – you're worried because you want to see it. You want to see a stretch of games where all of a sudden he does look better and it's not as big an issue. We're just not seeing it now. And again, what are we, is this game 10 for him coming back? Yeah, 11. 11. Yeah. So it's, it's a legit concern at this point. You, 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 you want to not see this many really crap performances from him. So I, I don't know if Joe Sway's going to agree with this or not, but I was thinking throughout the course of this game, Yes, you're right. When you miss that many shots, if you're Kemba Walker, you're throwing away that many possessions in a close game where it's going to come back to hurt you in the end. But I still look at all these other things Kemba does, and if I'm going to rip them off tonight that I you know, was keeping track of specifically, zero turnovers, ball control, 
Uh, only six turnovers at one point. Seven I think they finished with plays, play eight. Defense, yeah. Yep, nice pick and roll passes, finds teammates, gets Brown going. Positionally defense, I think he's there. I, I always think he's in the right place on the defensive end of the court. So over a replacement level point guard, there are a million different things he's still doing right now. He's not useless, John. That's that's what I'm going to hit back on there. Is he a liability right now? I think you could start to maybe argue that with how poor offensively he's been and how much a defense could leave him. I mean, what's a, ball, that's a semantic, that's semantics, Bobby. Useless and liability. He's not useless, but he's a liability. That is, that's a definition of useless. Meaning like right now he's, he's barely, I mean, he's not even replacement level. Uh, you know, I mean, so are you concerned about his shooting long-term? Cause I'm, not. I'm concerned that whatever it is that made him a dynamic offensive player, he's not able to find it again. And I know everyone says he looks like he's moving physically. I know he mentioned that he's having a little tougher time stopping. Um, and that's a big part of his game, you know, balance that, at the rim. Yeah. And so and, that's a big, that's a big thing. And now he's, now he's morphed that concern. He himself has said it's a confidence issue. Um, and I don't know whether it's just a, He's lost confidence because he's declined some and he knows it and now he has less confidence in his ability to do the things he has or if confidence is the issue. But I believe he's lost confidence because he's going out there and it's just not working and he's not sure why. It's almost like a golf swing for him. Yeah, the you things know. he relies on aren't there. I, Whatever you're I'm used you to doing, the- you can't do on a regular basis right now and he's a mess as a result. That's what I mean. I'm with you on the finishing. I think his shot's going to come back. Now, I rattled off all those things, Josue. Where I are you on that? Because that's – it makes – if what what game was it a couple games ago? Golden State? Uh, the Clippers one was the good one. The Golden Clippers, State yep. one was okay. And then Clippers the Kings was one was a Golden disaster. State was okay. Everything oh, no, the Kings, he didn't, the Kings he didn't play. The Warriors was okay. The Clippers one was good. So, overall, on this trip, you know, you're talking about a really good game from him against that Clippers. That one mattered because you see that he's capable of doing that. Now, on the whole, the bigger sample size right now has been the bad play from him. But this is what we expected. I mean, did anyone expect him to come back hammering, looking like his old all-star self? I expected the forward something, things. something between this and what he's doing. Well, we've seen the between I expected he- something between this and all-star level, somewhere in the middle, not this end of the spectrum. This is very, very poor. But you didn't think 10 games that, that it would take around 10 games for him to get No, God, games. I mean, how many times, how many people take 10 games? I, I mean, yeah, look, you can make that argument about the entire team. They've played. Well, obviously, John, you look They've at the schedule. 20. The teams that he was supposed to go off on, he had a pretty good performance, you know, or at least a couple of those. But you look at the other tougher teams, which, of course, I think – is a, a point that we, we missed out on the last time we were all here is, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert. These are guys that are, you know, obviously he's an all-star point guard caliber point guard, right? He can get to the rim. He can get there. The torque is there. That was my concern that his the knee torque. was going to, that, that that was going to bother him, but it's not the case, John. It's just more mental. And I think if that's, if that's the overall, uh, you know, problem that Kemba's dealing with here, then you're in a, you're in good shape here. It's just about getting out the rust. I, I like I said, I, I we can keep making that rust thing for for how long? I don't know. I, I don't know how much longer. I mean, fine, another ten games. At what point do you press a legit panic button? And again, I'm not panicked. I, I still don't think, think you should do it against the best team in the league. 
I still think it's possible he turns it around, but every single game he goes out and doesn't, it's impossible to not look at it and say, okay. And again, the the concerning thing here, Josue, is I'd be less worried. Uh, I mean, the fact that he's moving well, or it looks like he's moving well, and he can't he can't buy a bucket. How do you explain that? I mean, shoot or shoot. It doesn't take you ten games to get your stroke back. It usually takes you ten games to get your legs back or to get into game shape if you hadn't been working out. But I mean. He spent a whole offseason building up to be able to come back and play. They managed his minutes bringing him back. Yeah, well, John, you, you know, Kemba Walker's never been a 46% three-point shooter or someone that can, you know, who, who shot at a high clip from behind the arc. He depends on that to get to the rim. So, obviously, this is a concern when you don't yep. see him converting these layups. But, again, I just think the way he's, he's, he's coming off the dribble, the way he's crossing up people, I mean, he looks good. I think that's an encouraging sign. I think you run with that for, let's say, at least another week. All right? I mean, you know, no West Coast road trip here. No traveling. Yeah, the, the schedule doesn't get much you know, easier, but at least you're back at sure. home and you have those reps underneath your belt now. Last season, yeah, I mean, last what season, do you do, John? From three, you know, bef- and, and really over the last four years, he's usually – he's about a 38. Yeah, I mean, what, 41 42%? I mean, that's where he sits, you know, when he when he's at his best from behind the arc. Right. He's really just, just, just south of 40. Right now he's at 30. The problem is everything else – where he's shooting thirty five percent from the field total, and he can't buy a bucket right. um, anywhere close. I heard to I heard a couple different numbers. I think B Rob was said what was it seventeen straight from two without a make, and then two I pointers. think Brandy was saying yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's he's been a disaster with that layup. It, it's been a disaster in there, and that's where I'm concerned because we've seen a gradual dip over I mean, a long period of time 12, in that range. Four of twenty. Um, then the okay, the good game against the Clippers. So it's two of twelve in this game, four of twenty against Phoenix, uh, nine of nineteen. He had the decent game against the Clippers where they needed that game. That was his best game. That was his best game. Six yeah. of eighteen versus Golden State again. A real crap. One of twelve, six of fifteen. I mean, he is just the last last X amount of games. He is. I mean, he is really, really, really struggling. Yeah. And this is a tough matchup here because he can't imprint his pace on the game. I think he controlled the ball well. The Jazz don't hunt turnovers that much. I think they're 30th in forcing turnovers. So it was an easier game from that aspect and be in control as an offense. But they're setting themselves. They're hoping. They have the rim protection there. So, again, where, where have we seen him struggle the most these last two games against DeAndre Ayton? against Rudy Gobert, guys that are going to swallow, never mind him, even the best of finishers up inside. And we saw that with Tatum in this game, too, struggling immensely. So this yep. is a tough defense to command against. But the question here is, wh- what do you want? I mean, there's people in the chat saying trade him. That's obviously not on the table. Untradeable. Uh, could, you play, could you play him less? Could you get away from him in the crunch time? I think we've agreed that that's not the answer. You want him to be out there and work through the stuff. You, you and then, just got to wait him you out. You see Pritchard. You see Pritchard, too, in this one. Not – not the usual Pritchard we've seen. He, too, had struggled putting his imprint on this game and only got 15 minutes, but I didn't think he was all that effective either. So you are where you are with this team. None of us love Teague. That's not a bailout option at this point. So you just roll with Kemba and hope it gets better. And I'm not saying there's no concern here, but it's still early. If we were talking 10 games into a season and the Celtics were you know, 6-4 and four or 5-5, five and five, we wouldn't be saying freak out about the team. So... 10 to 11 games in the Kemba, even though it's more like, I don't know, two and eight 
are three and seven right now. When we think of good games versus bad games, I'm still not freaking out with him on the whole. And they've been able to get some wins with him out there. That Clippers one especially sure, stands out to me as what they can what they can pick three out and of it. Seven with Kemba. Yeah. So yeah, three and seven. It's concerning. It's on the. It's veering toward the panic meter. Yeah. <laughs> your side of the panic meter, but. I'm not freaking out yet. These were tough teams. These are some of the best teams in the NBA that they've run into over the last six. So let's see what happens when the schedule softens Look, we, up. We either talk about Kemba or you talk about firing Brad Stevens. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'll take this one. <laughs> well, I'll you mentioned you mentioned uh, you mentioned Jeff Teague. I love how Jeff got the old. Uh, you have two minutes to make a three pointer, or I'm pulling you. Yeah. And he went up and down the floor for three minutes, then shot, and we didn't see him for the rest of the night. That's the kind of treatment I want Jeff T. I want him. To, I want to see him in the doghouse more often. That was that was fan service right there. Yo, you Pritchard you're up has, the best team in the NBA. You're playing the way you're playing. No, no, I don't care how many uh, you know years in this league you have under your belt. Yeah, take a seat. We'll that see was you fan in Boston. Service. We'll see you in Boston, Jeff. He still had the best plus minus on the team. <laughs> he did. He did. In his three he minutes, he's the only one in plus territory. I, yeah, I saw that one while I was tracking the box score, <laughs> and I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> Uh, it is nice to see. So this is uh, – here we go with Stevens in the chat. If, if we're talking Stevens – I'm there's messing an around. Attempt. I didn't want to do that. I was just trolling you. All right, well, let's talk, about the, uh, let's talk about the threes. You know, how, how different this team is when the, when the threes are, are falling. You got Grant, Grant connected how on three. Tice? Daniel Tice, career high. We had five out there. Yep. I hated when he fouled Doc. I'm like, wow, like something's really not going to win this game. It was and, classic and it was just, Tice. He gets like, rolling. That shit – he establishes himself the as the best big, and then you see the downside of his game, the ridiculous screen foul for number five on the offensive end, and then down on the defensive end. Celtics couldn't grab a defensive board all night long. I, I think they ended up winning the offensive rebounding battle, but there were about three or four plays where it bounced off Thompson or uh, Tice fouls go bare from behind like and that kind of stuff. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So there were like three or four plays where Utah technically got an offensive rebound, and that – Last foul on Tice was one of those plays and sends Gobert to the line for a key free throw. That's a big reason Utah gets into the bonus early in the third and the fourth. Uh, this is – I asked Stevens pregame about the style of this team because I still don't feel like it's the kind of team Stevens wants to coach. The bigs, the lack of wing and guard depth, how many large lineups and zone looks he has to throw out there. And, you know, he, he didn't go on outright – condemn the buildup of this roster but he said this is a matchup where that becomes hard for you you can't assert your size on the offensive glass the way they have uh you can't get out on the three-point shooters and they certainly didn't do that in the second half and on the offensive end you're right Josue they're just depending on threes Phoenix they can't get to the paint so they're depending on threes Utah they're just jacking up shots here and it worked but yeah. not five of them yeah <laughs> So they're a great shooting team, but they're not the Jazz, they're not the Clippers, and they're not even the Raptors who have been outstanding from three this year. So, like, they're they're an upper-tier three-point shooting team, but the elite results we were seeing early in this year aren't there. Yeah, this isn't uh, – I don't think this roster is, a, is equipped uh, unless these guys are going to start doing that, you know, on the norm. I don't think they're equipped to be one of those top three-point shooting teams. Like, we – talked about it earlier in the season how good the team looks when they, when, they, when people are hitting threes and, and how it opens up the floor for Jalen and, and, and Tatum. Sure, that still rings true, but you look at the talent across the board in this roster, like you really – is that sustainable, that realistically sustainable when you look at, you know, guys like Grant, Tice, Ojale, 
I mean, you see it in spurts, but I mean, I just don't think, I mean, Jeff Teague isn't connecting on three pointers out there. So it's just that I think speaks volumes to, to where Brad Stevens is at a, in a tough spot in, in, in certain instances where, you know, the offense runs dry like it did in that third quarter. What was it, a six minute span? They couldn't score a bucket and you had Tatum out there. I mean, three point shooting all of a sudden. Look, we talked about TPE, where we were talking JJ Reddick. I mean, whether we're talking about Celtics bringing in a three point shooter here, is that going to quickly correct everything here? Or, or does this team have to find a way? Brad Stevens have to find a way I, to get I, these guys hitting three pointers at a higher, at a more You know me, level. guys. Like I said, is I, I, I'm not an apologist for anybody. I just don't know what Brad does here with this roster and, and that gets people what they Hasn't want. Hasn't he done everything? I, I Hasn't think he tried, tried everything. Everything at one point or another. I don't know that there are wholesale changes that can be made currently. And again, we keep saying, wait just a little. Wait until Romeo comes back. You maybe use the TPE and you get you get Neesmith's legs. You've under been him. saying that, John. You've been. I'm saying. just saying, see if that makes it. You might have some answers from within, though. I'm I'm dubious. And again, the longer we go without it, you're still missing Smart. And that's a big deal, just in terms of his ability to be as a playmaker. They don't really have that right now, so it's not fair to judge entirely. Uh, this is a really limited roster right now that Brad has to work with. He just You don't have shooters when you're bringing guys off of the bench there. Uh, there's just not a lot that can be done. And when Kemba's playing like crap, it's just the two Js right now, you know, and that's it. Uh, and, you, and you live and die with them, and that's not the team you want to be. But that's right now, do you feel good about anybody but those two guys? I mean, again, Tyson spurts, and that's about it. Tice, for the most part, you know, I guess – Grant Grant's had a good West Coast trip. All, all I know, Tristan did but too. That's, that, that's not cute enough for you, John. You know, you're not thrilled about that. No, no, that's not it. All I'm saying is, it, like I said, is all of those guys will do a little something where you're like, that's not bad, but you're grading on a curve. You know, yeah. like you'll get useful semi minutes every once in a while. He'll come out, and knock down a couple threes, or play a decent defense, like he did uh, the other game down the stretch there uh, on Kawhi, um, but. You're not getting sustained. You're not bringing these guys in, and they're kind of they're buoying you. You know, like you can't count on them on a on a on a. On a you can really only count on the Jays right now on a regular basis. The so, wing plays. The wing play has slipped. Yeah. So you're seeing Javante Green exit the rotation, which I think is interesting because the last we saw him, he was playing okay. Again, not a difference maker. He wouldn't have swung this game. But Semi's plays slipped definitively. There's been a number of games in recent weeks where he has had zero points. He was a little better in this one. Still, though, they rely on him a little too much for anybody's liking. So you're relying on double bigs all the time. That's pretty much what it is at this point. And do you love that? I Sadly, don't. it now is honestly the only viable roster. And it's amazing because we're killing it for being so bad and so ineffective to start the year. And that was also because Thompson was considerably worse, uh, you know, and he's been playing better uh, of late. But that might be your only viable roster, certainly now with Smart out. That that too big lineup is better than what you're going to roll out there with most times. You you almost have to do it. And that's a good point. The the Smart loss still matters in all of this, and he's not coming back anytime soon. No, and no. I didn't understand the two to three thing either. I think we're going to kick way past two to three weeks on Smart. Yeah. Uh, Brad talked about him, talked about Romeo. There's no update on Romeo. He said no. Smart's still a while away. He said yeah. nowhere near. So I, I don't think anyone hoping two to three, I don't think we're going to see him for a while. No, and you veer on the long end of that one too. That's what a lot of the medical people said. Even though it's a minor tear, it's something that can linger. 
So they're going to veer on the side of caution. There's a, a grade one. That's why. They, yeah. They, but no one, no one expected him to come back that soon. Yeah. I just, like I said, I don't know why they put the two to three out there. I think he's, you know, uh, you know, he's, it'll be a little bit, but. And that's something we have to consider on this West coast road trip too. When we're looking at it on the whole, they beat the Clippers without Brown, which was still a wildly impressive win and without, out of all of this. And without George, but yeah. They beat a pretty good Warriors team. I mean, they've been at least a mid-level team, probably something above that throughout this whole year. And we've already went over what this Utah team is on this Rush Coast Road trip. And even the Kings, the Kings have been on a tear. I think they won again tonight to make it 7 of 8. Uh, so yeah. these were all really good teams that they ran into out here. Challenges, but... I guess what the commenters are saying and what the people who are frustrated with this trip uh, are rightly thinking is that the Celtics are rung below when it comes to the top teams in the East. And that's no where we right get now. into when we get into the changes that could be made to this roster. Because right now, that's why I asked this, this question pregame, like they just this doesn't look like who they want to be. Like just a team like trying to hammer the offensive board, scrap for every point, the lane's clogged, their defense isn't good. I, it just doesn't like if this was the team going into the playoffs playing this style with this personnel, wouldn't it be stunning? Like I would just be shocked. Yeah, that, that's not where you want to be. And then again, like where the Celtics were, I think what's so jarring about this is because obviously you look at where they are in the standings, but the eye test. I mean, one year ago at this point in the season, this team just wasn't right there. You know, I mean, this team was was you know past all of this, right? I mean, it seemed like the the getting to know each other on the floor, the chemistry only took a couple of weeks to really click. Whereas this team, yeah, there's no Kemba Walker. You know, yeah, there's a new pieces to, to implement. For the most part, I mean, the Celtics is just this slow progress, I, I think, is what's. Yeah. Yeah, you're worried about the bench last did, year. Did we lose Josue for a second? Yeah. yeah. You're worried about the bench last year? The problem is they're soft right now. There's, is that it? The, right now, they are they are soft. So and the again, only reason the only reason I disagree with that is I think they found some legitimate progress on the interior in this on this trip. And I know some people want to trade for a big, but you talk about Tristan Thompson averaging nearly a double double on this trip, being a definitive force on the inside there. I thought he had a great first half here. Tice no, has come a long way. Not I don't mean that like they're not like. They got a couple bigs who'll mix it up and do their best down low. They just they don't have any fight in them. This was this back cut a fourteen deficit fourteen point deficit down to four, but then they just friggin' just get then they just stopped. I, I don't know. I'm looking for that extra little something there that you're not seeing. I, I, it's it, there's there's not enough fight in this team right now. I, and I, I again, you got to put a lot of that. It was only two games ago that they overcame 16-point deficit against L.A. Clippers and won in the second half. So there's your comeback. There's your big stand. There's your fight on this trip. And I know they didn't have George, all of that. Celtics were down themselves. But that win still means a lot to me on the whole of the season. And they've had some great wins. They beat the Bucks, They beat the Heat with that, whatever that means to you. It's been inconsistent. That's, that's a certainty. Bobby, you got me? Yeah, I got you now. My sound was going in and out a little bit there. Somebody, a couple of the commenters said they can't hear me right now. 
I got you. Okay. You can hear me? All right. I think They're we're still rolling. saying John is muted, and I swear I am not muted. No sound, John. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're good. Sorry, guys. Um, so anyway, <laughs> we're still waiting for it's just ways the, the the Brockton Wi-Fi struck me. Um so yeah, uh, I don't know. It's again, I don't want to heap on too much. It's just it's getting frustrating. It's getting repetitive to have one one good game, two bad games, you know, um, and seeing a lot of the same problems, which is the problems on the defensive end, uh, the problems with Kemba Walker, the problems with the bench, the problems with the rotations. So it feels like a broken record. I'm almost bored talking about it at this point. I know everyone's out for blood. Like, and everyone wants to blame somebody. I mean, do you think this will continue with the upcoming schedule? No, I mean, the schedule gets better and everybody will forget. And then, as I said, you're hoping to get some people back. I know everybody here wants to talk about um, the the TPE and you've got the Kevin O'Connor report on, oh, GMs are, you know, blowing up his phone saying Boston's up to something. I mean, Again, there's only so much you can do here. You need tradable assets to get something splashy. Celtics don't have a ton. Right now, if you had to rank them, Bobby, go ahead and rank their assets right now, and that would include draft picks if you had to. So the the big bomb of draft picks, like multiple, as I've mentioned, three-plus there is something. Teams would obviously be interested in that, even though there would only be mid-level you were projecting in the future there. So I'd probably put that at two. Number one would be Rob, I'd have to say. Hey, buddy. I, I think three. You're you talking Tice. Yeah, I got you. Oh, good. He's back. We're we're yes. ranking we're ranking the Celtics assets right now. Four. Four is probably that some combination. Well, you gotta put Pritchard at two. I mean, it, it's not definitive what he is at this point, but he's probably in the upper echelon of those. And then somewhere there's that big pile of picks. And then somewhere behind them is what teams have seen as disappointing first round picks so far. Romeo Langford and uh, Aaron Neesmith. So, so I mean, there I, you go. I think that's kind of a problem. Um, it certainly is. Now, I, I look at that and say, why did Kevin O'Connor seem to think that the Celtics, if Bradley Beal did potentially become available, would be a player there? Because that surprised like, me. I can't understand in what universe Boston could potentially put together any package. Uh, and, and I'm thinking like, the most you could give there would be what's the most you could give up? Three first round draft picks, Neesmith, Romeo, I think Pitcher, you give up and maybe six Mar- or seven. And, and maybe Marcus Smart. And it's then be Marcus. Yeah, I was gonna and, say Marcus. And you would do and you would do the picks. You would do one of these Brooklyn deals, you know, with the six years of draft picks, which would include pick swaps on alternating years and yeah. three first rounders. That's probably the best you can do in terms of assets, but with with Tatum and Brown locked under contract, that pick is never a Boston pick is almost guaranteed to never be in the lottery. You're never going to sink below uh, a playoff caliber team with with Brown and Tatum on this team. Never. And certainly if you added Beal. So at that point, those picks are trash. Yeah, teams do like the long-term ones, though, because they of the do. short-term and window. You're yourself, teams, but that's yeah. different. It's different when you make that trade with Brooklyn and you ship them three old guys and you're like, you're going to be bad in three years. I know this because you've just gutted your roster for Pierce and KG. But 
you're going to give Boston three stars, 27 and under, and, and hope that they're going to be bad in five years so you can cash in a draft pick? It makes no sense to me. Like, I don't see that that's possible. Jay, Brown and Tatum are, are under 25 years old. They're, you'll never, you're never going to outrun those picks. You know what does stick out to me? Go ahead, Joe Sway. No, I was just going to say, especially for a team like the Wizards. I mean, yeah, you got Russell Westbrook there, but, like, you have to cash in on these picks at this point. You know, you're, you're looking for something that the Brooklyn – They don't Nets have them. They missed that. Some right. Like, I'm just going to ignore that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the one thing I'll say – The one thing I'll say on Beal that does strike me as interesting out of that, because that just, that just wasn't him floating that, unless it's a little like KOC's Boston coming out of him there, uh, is – Bradley Beal's connection to Jason Tatum. And we know the power of a player uh, professing their destination. And if Bradley Beal was picking any destination in the NBA right now, where would it be? Probably be Boston, right? I know it just, it's just, I mean, look, (laughs) the other teams aren't stupid. Like, you don't have one carrot to dangle here. There's not one centerpiece of a what are deal. The other, what are the other big uh, assets in the NBA right now? Like Ben Simmons concerns me. If I that mean, could get it done. Any player, any team who drafted a player in the last two years who's promising, you know? I mean, the Celtics haven't done that. That's the problem. If you right now, and again, I'm not trying to – I know we vastly overrated Tyler Hero – in terms of like, is he ready? That, to make- that package is gone. I'm saying in terms of making a leap to, if you had a player like that, who at least showed promise or someone else who you could say, okay, this guy's an, uh, you know, an up and comer. Yeah, you can absolutely make that. The Celtics don't have anything close to that. The best thing they have right now are rotation players, bench style players on the roster. Maybe, and again, Rob Williams isn't in year two. Rob Williams isn't, you've seen enough of him to have an idea what he's going to be. There's, these are not high level assets. So I just don't see the splashy move. Yeah. You'd just be hoping that Beal would angle his way to Boston in a way that Harden did similarly to Brooklyn. So that's your only hope there because the assets aren't going to jump off the screen. You would just have to have Washington twisted into uh, making that happen and maybe a third team gets involved that's always a possibility here could you entice another team with all those picks to take on walker and get a better asset back for that money uh, if if it waits until next season the tp would be useless at that point anyway for that deal so they have to match salary at that point there's a lot of different things that would have to come together but the fact that it's possible at all i mean we weren't there a couple weeks ago so it's something to get excited about here. There's a hierarchy of things right now with the Celtics. So you think they have the assets to make a marginal addition like Tucker. You know, they can match like a tie salary there. They can absorb a contract like Barnes because no one else can. And then if this build thing's possible, there are a couple different options here. Maybe not this year, but even into next year. So there's, I mean, you came into this year, John, saying this, this team had no flexibility whatsoever. There's a little bit now. That I don't seeing. think much. I still don't think much. There's way more than we imagined before. I, I, the problem is the people who have the people who theoretically could be your best trade chips and assets just aren't playing, um, and that's the problem. You know, like you have two guys picked in the lottery the last two years who are worthless right now because one of them's been hurt and you haven't seen him, and the other one can't find the floor. Yeah, so, that's that, that's an asset. You know that if if he's on the floor, who knows, right? If he where his stock will go, 
But you saw the bright spot, too, from Neesmith. And I get it. He's a rookie. And these guys against us certainly have, have earned their, their keep over him in this rotation. But nothing? I mean, we didn't see much yeah. about this whole like, road trip. Sure. Let's say you ended up with a – let's say Halliburton fell in your lap and he's playing the way he's playing. That's a tradable chip. It's still early. I don't know right. if he's going to be a star. Oh, he'd be, he'd be immensely movable. But that's an that, – you needed a player of that caliber. And that's why I mentioned Hero. In that range, you at least have a guy who's like, okay – that's somebody I can build off of, and they're young, plus more assets and more trades, plus a couple of other, you know, promising younger players as well. If you had a package like that, you've got a better shot, but they don't have that. They don't have it. Yeah, and Beal would put this team over the top, certainly. It put them in that range. But ultimately, we're still looking at a really good team here. I mean, people get so caught up about how much Neesmith plays and just all these names at the bottom of the roster and is semi-playing too much and this and that. Ultimately, this team comes down to Brown and Tatum, who are there, uh, Kemba's viability, which we hashed on already, and then they just need some help off that bench, like a, a nice bench piece. Uh, we talked about a million different names. This team doesn't feel far away when it comes to moves from being in a much better place. Like It's just one trade for a good rotation player this year could put them back on top, top, uh, top stylistically. John, to me, this team right now feels more like they're awkward than they're bad. Like the lineups are awkward. They're mismatched. It's awkward. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. The best players on the team are all at the same position. I see people wanting bigs here. They have enough bigs. Yeah, the that's big what we positions talked about. Fine. We talked about it right now, you have you're, you're the one position where if you did – and I know they need a big because they don't have a traditional big who can really protect the rim, um, and they don't have that guy they're all slightly undersized they're all legitimately undersized so they don't have a true true big but those guys are effective enough that if you had to rank your problems that's the last one for me right oh now. my lord i mean i see people right now saying you need a big more than bradley beal it just the top of the roster matters more than the bottom or even the middle like you stack that talent at the top we see what brooklyn's done right now and i know they've had troubles defensively but You'd rather be there than where the Celtics are right now, right? Well, uh, at least the Celtics are – you have guys that don't, you don't have to completely, you know, revamp the entire roster or at least it seemed like that's what Brooklyn did or at least half of it, you know. To, to Bobby's point here, you cater to the top half of those top-tier starts. Those are the ones that are going to take you to the, to the deepest in the playoffs the Celtics can go. Someone that can be that third reliable guy next to Jason Tatum and, and – and, and, and Jalen Brown, because right now it's just not Kemba Walker. And he's not showing any signs that he's going to change. This whole center thing just drives me crazy. Uh, is center? Can we get a consensus right now that center is not the problem on this team? I, like I said, I, I said it last game. I don't think it's the biggest problem. Could they use an upgrade? Sure, you can use an upgrade a lot of places. Uh, you know, And I'd be happy if you were able to fold Tristan into a deal to upgrade that big position. Absolutely, I'll take that. But it's not the first thing I'm doing. First thing I'm and doing, as I said, the, the the shooting and wing depth is far more important, you know. And again, we, I I told you after we played them last week, I I I fully talked myself into Harrison Barnes. That to me is the that would be, I think that's the best available. That's the best player I think you could possibly get with with the TPE if they could find a way to make it work. And I'd be willing to dish a first round pick or two if that's what it took, that, you know. Or even get a little aggressive there. You know, this might be have to be the year where they pay a little bit more. And it 
it does frustrate me a little bit to hear KOC on uh, NBC earlier saying that if the price is right, is this really going to be a price is right year? Well, it I, can't I, be a price is right year in the sense that, look, and again, as someone asked here on the chat, the TP, when does the TP expire? They have it. They have a full year on it. But realistically, the place to use it here is at the trade down. And yeah, you can theoretically use it in the offseason as well. But it seems like all signs point to this being a midseason uh, acquisition. So really, there's no excuse to not upgrade. Every, every trade deadline, when you have a pretty good team and you look around, you can make that case that, okay, we uh, Danny didn't make a move because the cost was too high. And when you're talking about mortgaging actual assets or, or, or uh, actual players on the team they're contributing, you, you get why Danny stood pat. The re- standing pat is the reason they still have Jalen, you know, um, and, and, and other players along the way. You can't do that now. You have to do something. You have to do something with this TPE because it's worthless if you don't. So the, the pressure's on, and you're going to have to put stuff with that to make it work. So that's where we are. Yeah, and we're still early on it. It's still February 10th. That market's not going to get moving until in the March. It is interesting to hear them diving into it already. I don't have any doubt about that, that they're already starting to look and look a little more aggressively around the league for some help because they need it badly. And that's what happens when you come into the year with that. You were joking early in the year, John, that TP is a player on the bench right now. And it's one that they can't get any production out of. And you just see that gaping hole every single night that Hayward left and someone's waiting to fill on the wing spot specifically. If they really wanted to upgrade it big, we all know they had the opportunity to do it. So they had the feeling for a while now that they'd be fine out big with this rotation of guys. It'd be cost controlled. People want Vucevic, who's you know twenty eight million, or Andre Drummond, who's upwards of thirty million. It just doesn't work for the timeline of this team. It doesn't move the needle that much, and it restricts your ability to get bigger where they uh, better where they really need it. So. The big man rotation's fine. It is what it is. It's not amazing. It's not Carl Towns. It's not uh, Anthony Davis. But within the scheme defensively and different matchups that they're capable of throwing out there, you can match up against a guy like uh, Zubac and you know Serge Ibaka, who they were pretty dominant against in that Clippers win. Now, on a night like tonight, you might get dominated a little bit by Rudy Gobert. It can get frustrating, but... That's just kind of the lump you swallow when that's your weaker position. Other teams looking at Boston's wings and saying, oh, oh Lord, we got to go against this. We're pretty weak at wing. The Jazz say that. They have Royce O'Neal and you know decent guys out there sure. who are more cost-controlled, and they're looking at superstars on the other side. So you're not going to have $30 million at every single position across oh, the floor. Oh, you can't. You, just, you, need, you need more out of the guys you expected to get You know, up until very recently – Tristan Thompson, certainly Kemba Walker right now. And if you have Marcus Smart in here, it's not as bad as it looks right now. It just looks really bad because nothing's breaking their way at all. And with Kemba playing like such crap, you you need Jalen and Jason to go off almost every single game in order to have a win. And that's, what's, that's, why, that's why I'm surprised you weren't crazy about Harrison Barnes from the beginning because I think that's what the Celtics need or at least an option that's it's realistic. The money. Potentially yeah. realistic, but I think – the reason I like him so much is because obviously he can defend the wing, but also yep. you have that offensive firepower that this team needs. We knew this team needed it before the season started, but I don't think we understood the extent of it until now. Well, it's that's being, a bonus too. Locked into the twenty million, twenty plus million for three years. That's well, the that's the bonus. But that's not a bad thing because ultimately that contract's probably going to be a value by the time it's over. So 
Um, well, it's whether a- or not you want to commit to that guy to be eating minutes and taking shots away from those guys. What you my my concern is another Hayward dynamic where you're worried like you bring in a guy but you don't want to. Be- <laughs> No, but you don't want him to. Well, he's gonna, he's gonna say he wants to be a future player or whatever afterwards. But I'm not, but I'm not need, worried about that with Barnes at this point. No, yeah. as Barnes, Barnes said, is, he can stay in his lane. He knows what's up. You're you're looking at you know maybe three quarters or eighty percent of the player Hayward was for two thirds the money, and I, I think at that point it's a good value. But it's not exactly. just two thirds the money; it's two thirds the money plus assets that you're going to have to give up, probably a pick or two. So, but I I'm, I'm all in on that. If they could make that work, I think that's exactly the type of player they need. And that's I the part like that. Sorry, but real quick, I just want to get this out. I think if a player like that, realistically, like if he, if that happens, I just, something tells me Marcus Smart's going to be in that trade or, or someone like that. And Marcus just makes no. the most sense again, whether I don't think Bradley Beal is a real thing, but like, you know, someone that's on the other side of, you know, uh, an everyday player. Not just an everyday player, but someone like that, Barnes, uh, you know, a player of that caliber. Can Marcus Smart do, do, do the Southern – put it this way. Would the Southern have to throw in a Marcus Smart to get a Harrison Barnes? No, you dump your picks, Josue. They don't have any use for picks for years to come. They just use 16 and four years. There's no roster spots here. Bobby, they like him there a lot. You know, we had drapes on the Causeway Street, and they're not just going to give him away for a stack of picks. I just don't think that's realistic. Oh, Barnes? Yeah. Marcus Smart's not a superstar, but he's a two-time All. What were we talking about here, Barnes? Defender. Yeah, but then you're short a wing again. You know, like all of a sudden you're swapping a wing for a wing, and you're still short at that position. So you ideally want to eat salary here without giving up players back, and that's the strength of the TPE. You're right, Josue. I mean, right yeah, now the way the the way the Kings look right now, Barnes isn't going anywhere. Exactly. So that's the that's the other problem. That's that's true. That's we're talking about hurdle, right, guys? That's we're a big talking hurdle. about guys that we think fit based off of salaries, but like the the Kings are competitive right now. Why are they? Why would they deal Barnes if if this guy looks like a value to the Celtics for his money? What do the Kings want to get rid of him for? Yeah, and you're gonna run into that problem with a lot of teams. You're gonna run into it a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, do you, if you're the Kings for the next couple of years, it's all right. But does that put you over the hump? I mean, I don't know if they were expecting a little more out of Barnes, but he's the, the, the rookies surpassed them on the totem pole, right? You might be right, Joe Sway, that they might want players something tangible there, but it's not smart. Uh, you don't deal him in that spot or the point of doing it in the first. You're downgrading at that point. Nobody wants Marcus Smart, guys. Okay, like no, they would do that. They would do that. Wouldn't entice them. They get desperate enough that they need offensive firepower along with the defense. Again, out of all the names that have been brought up there, Mark, I mean uh, Harrison Barnes, is sort of up there on top of the list in terms of covering of, of checking all the boxes. Right, he can defend the pick and roll. He can, you know, defend down low. He can defend the corner. He can score for you. He, he can put up 20 points. He can he can stretch the floor for you. He can shoot threes. Th- these are all boxes that the Celtics need help in. And, you but know, again, there's pipe dreams. Bringing in a big man, he's more – I think that would be more important than bringing in a big man. But they might all be pipe dreams. You got everyone – I got yeah, people talking true. about Julius Randle. I don't see that. You know, like uh, yeah. Collins maybe. But that's not – that doesn't solve all your problems. And, again, you know, uh, but – I, I think you're really looking at kind of like that that Bazemore, Terrence Ross. That's, oh, that's Lord. The, I'm not saying I like that. I'm saying that's the class. I, I, I do think people think this TPE is going to solve all your problems. Guys, you're really looking at, a, an at best, I TJ think, Tucker. a bench-level player. And that's it. I, I, I know you want to swing big. There's just – there's not enough uh, – the, the, there's just – 
Danny doesn't have enough. There's no, there's no assets. There's worthless late first round picks and very, very little on this roster. You cannot, you can't package it, it for much. You can't get even a, an Isaiah Thomas out there. That's not a diss to Isaiah, but remember that year? Like that, that, that was when he had a stack of assets yeah. to just dish right. out. Yeah. So the King situation got complicated this week. I do want to move on to Orlando a little bit, though, because they continue to sink. And there are other considerations with the CP that gives the Celtics advantages in some of these spots. There's a real plus to a team like Orlando being able to move on from all of Gordon's money, take nothing back, blank slate there, maybe even dump off some more players in that trade if the Celtics can find another team to dump off and you know, open up some roster spots there to where the Magic will be t- taking nothing back there. I That's what I thought with the Kings, too. You can move completely off that Barnes money, take nothing back, and you're in a better spot to sign players, to have flexibility into the future. Yeah, but the Magic should really hit that reset button before the, way before the Kings do. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. So, yeah, that's where I start to move on to them. The Bulls are looking bad, bad right now. That's so why I mentioned a- Atlanta with Collins, perhaps, you know. Yeah, I think they're going to be more in that playoff race. So we do see them for a series next week. So we'll be able to talk more about that then. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, how unhappy is Collins? I mean, I think that's really the root of this thing, right? Not. Yeah. He's, yeah. Not really. So he's real just, quick. He's just chilling. Like, he's just, you know, he's in Atlanta. So he's just like, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't think yeah. he's, you know, eager to get out of there. Real quick, we're going to tell people here His about. team does need help. We're going to tell people here about a sponsor, Marigold Medical here. This is a Cedric Maxwell situation. Uh, focus on pinpointing root cause of your pain. Uh, what up, Max? That can effectively treat you. Uh, so what happened here? He got a he got a shot in his knee, Josue. He did. Josue was there. Let me tell you about the thing first, and Josue, you tell us all about it. But uh, cortisone shots, temporary fix to some places. That's not what these guys do. Um, so it's again. Max went there, got an injection, had some pain. Uh, right now, he's feeling good. Right, Josue. Yeah, he's been saying this for a while too. So I'm glad this uh this, this whole thing was put together. Yeah. So uh basically what you need to do here, and again, um uh, this is uh knee injury, bad back, arthritis, lots of different ways to uh, alleviate pain permanently instead of like I said, a temporary relief from a cortisone shot here. Um you go here, um, uh, if you're in chronic pain, results you can count on. Visit Marigold Medical, 54 William Street, Lemonster, Mass. Give them a call, 978-537-0555 to make an appointment. Tell them Max sent you and receive a complimentary phone consultation with Dr. Marciello to see if you are a candidate for treatment and get back to the things you love doing. So just wait, tell us about it. Max went in there. Yeah, I mean, he told me about the the the, the console and, and and how because this has been something that's been plagued him for a while, and and he goes through stages of it. I'm like, you since know, his Max, career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since his career, and it's, it's always in the in the winter time. Like Max, you know what that is, right? Like, this pattern is the reason for this, and uh, he was able to go in and and the guys there that listen, the the team. He was supposed to have surgery. He put that off, and now he right right his knee. Yeah, from his playing days, he put it off. Uh, he claims it wasn't the same knee that caused an uproar in the 80s, right, with the Celtics, and he was rehabbing. I'm not sure if it was the same knee, uh, 80, 86 with the, before he left. Um, but, yeah, and he finally got, got it taken care of. And, and these guys made it so easy for someone like Max. You know, Max obviously is a, a busy guy. Uh, he was able to FaceTime with him. They, they had a free consultation, went, went in. And uh, he's feeling a lot better. You know, obviously, in the middle of this of this winter, uh, it's made a humongous difference. So yep. for everyone else out there going through something similar, uh, we, we, I strongly recommend you check it out. 
Check those guys out. So let's put a bow on it for this. We're returning home. We got an easy slate of games here. Um, Not know. so easy on Thursday. Those Raptors are on fire. Yeah. The unapology cam is coming on Thursday, I think. Yeah, you're so hype right now. Look at you, Bobby. <laughs> don't, don't I'm excited for that one. Your Raptors fan base. I know. I know you guys got like a group text or something going on. <laughs> Big night for Bobby. But um, what do you guys think? We're gonna have big numbers on that night. That's we turned sure. it around. I don't. So I see people in the group chat saying we're in denial. I just I just look at the team and say the core pieces are there. The core pieces are there. Tatum, Brown, Smart, the center rotation, which I like more than some of these guys. I just think you have your pieces that you need, and you just gotta make some fixes around the edges and make this team look a little more like they want to play. They don't look comfortable playing this style of basketball to me. It just looks like what they need to do right now, and they're making the best of it. So, And they've done a good job doing this so far. 12 and 11, not ideal, but probably in line with what we expected through this point of the season. So I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy and I'm in denial and I'm wearing the green goggles. We'll see. We'll see who's right about this in the end. But I just, I'm not overreacting to the first 20, 25 games of the season. Yep. Well, I think three-point shooting is going to be a big one in this one. Um, you know, the, they have uh, Norman Powell. I mean, I mean, obviously, we saw what they look like defensively uh, with the wing position, right? The wing position. Uh, I think the Celtics, whether we're talking Grant Williams, Shemi, you know, I, I think you see a little bit of what we saw tonight against the Jazz. I think you see some of that three-point shooting that's going to go a long way for that second unit specifically. And uh, I, I think Kevin, I think he turns turns things around here. I don't I'm not saying he's going to drop thirty out there, but you know, maybe a modest, you know, eighteen, nineteen points. I don't know, five of eleven or whatever it is, something around there. Uh, I don't, I don't see him having a monster night, but just something efficient enough for us to sort of uh, pump the brakes with all the Kemba. Kemba is done here. All, all, all the Kemba, Kemba's done in Boston talk. Maybe he can die it down at least for one night or a couple. Okay, of and again, I, I, I'm gonna keep saying I remain hopeful, um, but I did say before the season began that I was ready to sell my Kemba stock. And I'm, I'm, I'm holding by that. And that no. was before we learned about the knee. I would not be shocked. Would not be shocked. the Robin Hood news too, man. You would really be shocked if they time. gave Kemba, uh, if, if all of a sudden we see Kemba take a day. And I'll say as, this. I'll as say much this, mental health as it would be actual physical rest, I wouldn't be shocked if they let him kind of get out of his own head a little bit and take a little break uh, and, and then just come back and see if he can reboot a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't be stunned if we have a oh we're gonna peel him back a little bit and and, and j- in order to get him going again. That's just that's my prediction. But we'll All right. see. Hey, if you won that trade for Holiday before the season, you would have been looking pretty good if you were able oh, to do oh, that. We're do that. Oh, Bobby, really? We're gonna do that? All right. Hey, I mean Holiday's I Holiday's really a fantastic player on this team. I don't know. Just maybe <laughs> maybe he's just me. Which one? I mean, John wanted both of those. If you had to pick one or the other, John, which way were you going? Which one was that? Uh, Holiday or Turner? I wanted both. I told you. I wanted oh, you want both. That's what Bobby said. I wanted both of those trades. I was ready for the makeover. As, with Jalen and Jason, I was ready to do that. Yeah. I, I, for both of those. I, I'm on record. I absolutely wanted to do both of those trades. I the mean, team one was pretty good defensively. Fun. I wanted to do both of those trades. My God, would we be talking about the defense right now? No freaking way, you know? So, I, you know, I was – and again, it was 
you know, I, I, we don't need to go over it all. I don't think that New Orleans one was there. I, the indie one definitely was there. I believe that 100%. I, I mean, I think Holiday was something Ainge was trying to do, but he, he got shot down. And again, and that's the that's the thing is pe people are smart too. You know, like you, there, there might be one sucker out there every once in a while that you might be able to rope in. But for the most part, Danny's calling around and he's seeing who wants Kemba. And the answer is nobody, you know, and there's a reason why it's, He's a smaller guard with an, with knee issues, and we're worried about it, and we don't want to take on his salary. You guys deal with him. So any efforts he made, whether it was Holiday or whomever, to try to make that happen in the offseason, it obviously got shut down. So you live with him, and you hope he gets better, and that's it. That's what they got. You could have had a slam dunk with the with the Pacers. You know what? Never mind. I shouldn't call it a slam dunk, but you could have really capitalized on that one because the homecoming, Gordon Hayward. Listen. I, I think that was a real thing, honestly. And I just think Michael Jordan swooped in and, and put up, put the offer. I, I, I agree. I agree the situation was there. I think you're in a similar spot. Your center position looks better, but you're still playing weird lineups, weak on the wing. And you wouldn't have flexibility to make a trade. You wouldn't have a team. You'd have so. buckets. Oh, great. You'd be, be, be in better shape. I don't know. That's, That's what this team's missing right now. D they wouldn't be number one, but they'd be in better shape, and especially uh, in this West Coast road trip. I would have loved to see his see that team up against uh, you know Rudy Gobert in the Jazz. Let's keep an eye on Beal. If that's an option, all of a sudden yeah. things are going to be looking a little different here. Yeah, you just shut down KLC. I, no, I'm not. I'm not buying it. Nope. And the fact that it's even being mentioned is, gives me a little bit of hope. I mean, that should just be shut it down. They don't have what it takes. This is off the table, but they'd be involved. I guess that's always the case with the Celtics, but I don't know. I read into get, that. Get over it. Um, all right, guys, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. It is late. Um, and uh, Bill won't still, help. I, this, I'm done with these commenters. <laughs> there's still work. You get too worked up here, guys. Everyone's fired up. They're fired up. Okay. It's, it's based off of love. These guys, you know. Thank, thank you, thank you. No, for the but crazy you, lo comments. you love this team. You get friggin' frustrated. Look again. This is what being a fan is about, Bobby. I, 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 there's, there is some vibe among twenty somethings. I always feel where there's just kind of like it's everything is awesome. Everything's got to be great all the time. You know, like <laughs> part of being a fan is being angry when you see stuff. When you see your the team that you like looking like dog shit, you know, or being mismanaged or being whatever, you get friggin' frustrated. So people are frustrated right now. Fair enough. I get it. I get it. You, you don't want to see this night in, night out. It's getting tired. You know, you want, you know, you need to see something. You need to see something change. I, right, not, right none of, people are getting frustrated. None of us are happy with how it is right now. Will it change? If it doesn't, all of a sudden this team's going in a darker direction that we forecasted over the offseason could be possible, uh, but you don't want to imagine. There's a ton of hope at the top. Jalen Brown, obviously, has been a shining positive with this team, so you don't want to let that go to waste. There's still a ton of positives so far this year that you can lean on and hope uh, swing things back in that direction, and they've been above 500 this whole way, so I, I still think there's hope. I don't know. Joe Sway, are you feeling pessimistic at all? Yeah. <laughs> I mean – I just think it's going to get a little darker before it gets brighter. I mean, I, I don't necessarily look at this West Coast road trip as like the beginning of, I don't know, a, 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 a place where the subs aren't in the in eighth seed at least, you know, a playoff seed. I don't think it's going to get that bad. I, I just think between Jalen and Jason Tatum, those guys, it's going to be enough to keep them here, whether that's a couple of games over 500 
or somewhere that keeps them in the top five seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, if they fall out of that, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I, I just think as long as they keep a, keep themselves afloat and don't fall too many games behind when they're actually outside the playoffs. Yeah. What would Jimmy have said tonight? I mean, look, I think – I mean, I have to think it'd be a lot of heaping on Kemba here and, and starting to worry and also demanding that you make an apology about Kemba. I think that's what Jimmy would have said. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much but it. He was here's so my, close. Here's my fear with Kemba because we have – and again, this is not based on anything other than track record. My biggest fear is uh, – We've already had him on multiple occasions say he was fine when he wasn't fine. And right now he's saying he's fine. And I'm just waiting for that one thing where it's like, yeah, it's been flaring up a little bit. And that's why I haven't been good. Uh, and and if and I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop. And if it does. I mean, that train's never late. We've seen it over and over again. You know, we've seen that. Fine? Okay, cool. Kyrie's fine, right? Okay, cool. We've <laughs> seen it. We saw, and Kemba's done it twice. Kemba's done it twice to us now. Okay, he came out, you know, coming out of the break last year into the bubble. I feel great. Then they shut him down. Then he played, and he said, "I feel great." And then he reveals after I was in pain the whole time. And so he's keeping that stuff to himself. I'm very concerned that we hear that. Kyrie one was underrated. Remember, he was just going to be out a few weeks, some maintenance stuff, and then out of nowhere, just drop one day. He's done for the season. Oh, that one was tough. But like I said, Kemba's done it twice to us recently, and I think they're desperate. He doesn't want – if he's not feeling it right now, he doesn't want to say it. So that's, again, my my paranoia right now is we're going to get that report where it's like, Kemba's experiencing a little bit of swelling, so we're going to shut him down for a little bit. And I'm like, uh-oh, you know, so we'll see. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up. Like I said, it's getting late. Um, we're back on Thursday. Team's back home. Normal 730. Hour. Yeah. Normal hours, normal games. Uh, so we can get that done. Uh, but until then, Josue Pavone, heavy.com, Bobby Manning, Celtics blog, Boston Sports Journal, CLNS Media. He's literally everywhere. Uh, and Jimmy Toscano will be All back. hours. <laughs> All hours. Jimmy Toscano will be back on Thursday. Again, uh, everybody here, we love you. We appreciate you joining. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast audio version. You jumped in later. You can watch a rebroadcast of this on YouTube as well. Yeah, um, uh, clnsmedia.com slash gr for the podcast version. Bingo. Uh, so you can get that. You can listen to it tomorrow on your way to work uh, or wherever. I don't know if you know, people drive anywhere anymore. Um, subscribe to Josue Pavone's Causeway Street podcast. He had Kyle Draper from NBC Boston on this week. Um, talking talking hoops. Um, you're going to get that. What Are you guys once or twice a week, Josue? Uh, we do once a week. Once a, once week. a week. Bobby Manning, yeah. Dome Theory, and obviously a whole host of other Celtics-related podcasts on our network. Uh, tons to talk about. Team's coming home Thursday. We're back on Thursday night. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.